Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for May 15th, 2018. We had a few days off because I was away for the weekend. It was my cousin's wedding. Uh, we went to the, it was at the beach in the Hamptons. The weather was shitty, but had a good time anyway. So for the slate tomorrow, we have 14 games. What's going to make it a little tricky right now is there's a couple of just really crappy weather spots. I'll just list them off real quick before we start. We've got the Yankees at Nationals, which is showing like a 50% chance of thunderstorms right now. We have White Sox at Pirates, which is showing like a 60% chance of thunderstorms prior to the game and then supposed to get better as the night goes on. We've got Phillies at Orioles, which has like a 75% chance of thunderstorms throughout the night. That seems like the highest chance of the game being postponed tomorrow. And then we have Blue Jays at Mets, which is also about a 50% chance of thunderstorms right now. So we have to keep that in mind, check on the weather tomorrow. It does make the slate pretty difficult to figure out right now. Uh, four pitchers priced over 10000 I'm just going to say I do really like the price on Cindergard at 10800 He's been a little bit underwhelming this year, especially from a fantasy perspective because he's not working deep into games. But 10800 if the weather clears up, I think that's a really good spot for Cindergard. Is he also your favorite pitcher of the expensive guys, Matt? Yeah, I, I don't feel that great about him. I think he's the least bad of bad choices. Uh, the pitching prices are kind of ugly for this slate. Like Garrett Cole, way too expensive. Zach Greinke is probably too expensive. Maybe if the roof's closed and the Brewers are sitting Ryan Braun again, uh, he's out on Monday. Maybe Greinke could be worth using. But yeah, of these guys, Cindergard I think, is the best play. Um, the Blue Jays have a good offense, even though it hasn't looked like it this year. But I feel pretty confident about that because they do have Josh Donaldson back. Um, they were missing some of their guys for different parts of the season. They didn't have Tasker Hernandez right off the bat. Um, Curtis Granderson's been out a bit recently, but he's back now. Um, so against a righty, that makes it a bit harder of a matchup. Uh, even with all of that, though, I think the price is a little too low for Cindergard. So I think he's a better play than Alex Wood. Um, I would say both of them are kind of fringy, but I have more interest in Cindergard and just a little bit of interest in Alex Wood. Uh, how do you feel about him? Yeah, so here's the deal with Alex Wood. He's 10,000. Overall, he's been really good this year. We need him to score 20 fantasy points to hit value, which he's only done in three of his, let's see, how many starts he made this year? Eight or nine? Uh, so, yeah, he's made eight starts this year. He's only scored over 20 fantasy points in three of them. I think he's probably more likely to regress than get better as the year goes on. So he has pitched well to start the season, as I said, but still, the velocity is down from where it was at the beginning of last year, which is a concern. So I don't, I don't really love Alex Wood because I don't see a ton of upside for him at 10,000, even though it's a favorable matchup, because he's only gone past six innings once the entire season. So, I mean, if, I, if, if the Mets game looks like it's going to be rained out, I would say that Wood is my favorite of the expensive pitchers, but I probably wouldn't want to roster any of them. Well, given the pricing on the offenses we're initially looking at, I think it is conceivable to roster two expenditures, two expensive pitchers that are moderately expensive, um, because you, there are also fourteen games. So finding cheaper plugs is going to be easy too. I think you can pay up for two pitching spots, um, and Syndergaard himself isn't that expensive. So it's not like you're trying to squeeze two really high end guys in. It's two kind of mid to high end guys. So I think you could roster Syndergaard with someone else who is a little bit expensive. Um, so comparing Alex Wood to, let's say, Eduardo Rodriguez or Tyler Molly, like, I think Wood is just a little bit better of a play than those guys. Um, but all four in that price range, I think you could make a case for. Like, how do you how do you weigh those guys, or do you just not have interest in most of them? I, I don't like most of them. Uh, I mean, I think that Eduardo, uh, 
Eduardo Rodriguez, he's had some good starts this year, except he's ridiculously high variance to the point that it seems that matchups haven't really even impacted his point output that much. He's actually in some of his best games in tough matchups. His best start of the entire season was probably last time out in New York against the Yankees, and his worst start was home against the Royals. So it's hard to pinpoint when he's going to do well or when he's going to do poorly. This is kind of a mediocre matchup. The A's are probably going to be worse this year against lefties than they are against righties, except there's still the issue of the price tag for me him for him at 9200 it's It's more than I want to pay for him. So I, I don't really like him too much either. Really, the, the next pitcher I have interest in going down the price is Jose Barrios at 7600 And it's really just a hope of a return to form for him because he hasn't pitched well recently, but he pitched really well at the start of the year. Obviously a really highly regarded prospect. And we've kind of seen this from before. We've seen stretches where he pitches really, really well and stretches where he pitches really, really poorly. So when his, when he's priced down to 7600 the Cardinals' offense has not really been particularly great this year. So I, I like the upside for Brios at 7600 but also think that there's enough variance in him that I wouldn't want to have a ton of exposure to him. Yeah, I think Barrios is worth using, but I'm definitely scared by his recent performance. Like, he has four total strikeouts in his last three starts. Or, yeah, four total strikeouts in his last three starts. Um, so it's not like he's gotten unlucky with balls in play, things like that. I mean, maybe there's some of that too, but he is just not getting strikeouts. Um, so I actually maybe prefer Jack Flaherty in the same game. He's more of an unknown but he has really good numbers in AAA this year. He's been pretty decent in his two starts. The swinging strike rate is pretty high, um, and he was kind of decent last year too. Uh, about the same price as Barrios. So I think that they're risky picks for different reasons. Barrios because of his recent form and Flaherty because he's more of an unknown. But I think both guys are worth having some of. Uh, I'm not quite sure, though, which one of those guys I think is more worth the risk because both definitely are a big risk. So one thing that does make me feel a little better about Perez, as I was saying the Cardinals aren't great against righties, they've been worse than I remember them being off the top of my head. The Cardinals 25th in the league, 82 WRC plus against righties, and a 27% strikeout rate is one of the highest in the league. So, oh, wait, never mind. I don't know why it just sorts that. For some reason, it sorted to only third baseman for me. You're just looking at Matt Carpenter and Jed Jorko's yeah, Car- stats? Carpenter's been bad this year. Uh, so the Cardinals against righties, here they are. 94 WRC plus and a 23% strikeout rate. That makes more sense. So still high strikeout rate and slightly below average WRC plus. So it's a good matchup for Barrios. Um, I, I think that I think the upside makes it worth rostering him. And I still do think that he's the better prospect than Flaherty, and he is at home. So that's why I prefer Barrios to Flaherty. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Um, but would you roster Flaherty too? Like I think that they're both worth having at least some of. Let's see, where are the... Yeah, Twins actually really similar offensive numbers to the Cardinals. Uh, and Miguel Sano was still out, um, so it, it's not it's not really that scary of an offense. Eddie Rosario was out tonight, he'll be in, but um, even with him playing, I, I don't think it's that great of an offense. One thing that always does give me a little bit of pause in looking at a National League pitcher's numbers is when they go on the road for an American League game. It's always hard to figure out how much we should adjust like what we'd think their peripheral stats in the ERA should be, especially their strikeout rate, having to face a DH instead of a pitcher. Uh, I'll say for now, I'm probably not that interested in Flaherty. All right, so who else do we have? Because there are a lot of other cheap pitchers that we mentioned before we started. I'm not sure if there are too many of them I really have any interest at all, though, in using. Um, You had mentioned Pavetta. 
I'm not sure about the spot for him. He's 7,200 in Baltimore, but weather is a concern. And then also it's a tough hitter's park. The Orioles have been much better lately since Jonathan Scope came back, since Mark Trumbo came back. Um, so it, it seems like kind of a neutral, probably a negative matchup for Pavetta, even with how prone the Orioles can be to striking out. Uh, but Pavetta is a high-variance enough pitcher that I guess he has the upside, right? Is that sort of what you're thinking with him? Yeah, for me, for right now, I'm just going to say it's a no simply because of the weather. That's the game that looks like it has the highest chance of being postponed. So with... If it's going to be... If it's going to be fringy weather going into tomorrow, like if it's if the game if it doesn't improve from the outlook right now, then it's going to get canceled. But even if we're looking in where it's like, oh, there's some thunderstorms, maybe there's an in-game delay, maybe it ends up getting canceled. Like then, I definitely wouldn't be on Pavetta. Like I'm only going to use somebody in a rain risk that I think is a really strong play, and Pavetta just not enough of that for me. Uh, one guy who I do think could be interesting is Anthony Banda, all the way at 5,500, just because. It's such a cheap price in a pretty, I'd say a fairly easy matchup against the Royals and a favorable pitcher's park. I think, look at Banda's numbers. He he had a high ERA last year, but then he had better peripheral stats. He had uh, 5.96 ERA, uh, 3.24 FIP, 4.81 XFIP. I mean, I, I, I think that he's probably more likely to add value than not just because he's so cheap. Um, probably my preferred, if everything breaks right, my favorite pitching combination is going to be Cindergard Barrios. Uh, which cheap guys do you like? Yeah, I don't really like too much of any of them. Um, it's really hard to say. There, it's it's a lot of very fair pricing, but I think the guys with upside are Barrios, Flaherty, and then I think you can roster Cindergard. Um, I don't know, maybe one of these guys gets a favorable lineup situation where like maybe Posey doesn't play against Tyler Molly or someone sitting against Alex Wood or someone sitting against Eduardo Rodriguez. So I think it's just kind of a wait and see for me because Syndergaard is the only one I really feel strongly about. All right. So let's jump into the offenses then. Uh, keeping in mind that we probably are going to like a lot of cheaper pitchers. It kind of means we have almost infinite amount of money to spend up for offense. Uh, the offense that I do like a good amount is Arizona at home against Julius Chassin. Chassin has not been good this year at all. And in addition to that, the Diamondbacks have been playing a lot of the home games with the roof open. So when the roof is open, the Arizona become, Chase Field becomes a much stronger hitter's park. That was the case uh, before and probably even more of the case now versus the expectations when the roof is closed because it's probably going to be a little bit more neutral due to the humidor effect. But Julius Chassin this year... 4.0 ERA, 4.84 FIP, 5.29 XFIP. Uh, he's almost walking as many guys as he's striking out. I think that Arizona is probably my favorite offensive spot for the slate tomorrow. Would you agree with that? And what other offenses do you like? Um, I think they're close, and depending on weather, they could be my favorite spot. Um, but first, one thing that we don't always – well, I don't think we've ever really considered this um, – the roof isn't just some stagnant thing where it's either open or closed for the whole game. Yesterday, the uh, Diamondbacks decided to open the roof after the fourth inning. So I guess with that being a possibility, we can't really put too much stock into whether the roof is open or not, because it does seem like it's at least possible that if the weather changes outside, they might just change the roof conditions. Or if the, if the Diamondbacks are losing in the game, maybe they open the roof after the fact. Uh, and if they have the lead, maybe they close it. I don't know if that's something they've actually done, but... 
uh, for what it's worth, yesterday they were losing and they opened the roof up, I guess, to try to come back in the game. So m- maybe that's something that we just can't really account for. Uh, but Chassin is definitely bad. I think it's definitely a good spot for the Diamondbacks. Um, there's no, I have no problem with them. It's just a matter of do I like the Phillies more than them against Andrew Kashner? Uh, obviously, weather is a concern in Baltimore, but if the game plays, it's it's a favorable hitting environment. The wind is expected to be blowing out to right field. Um, right now, it looks like 10 or 12 miles an hour, and it should be hot there. So it's good hitting conditions as long as the game plays. Kashner's really bad, and the Phillies are actually priced down from where they've been recently. Um, Reese Hoskins was around 5K for a while. He's now down to 4,400. Most of the team is just kind of around 4,000. So it's a pretty cheap stack. Um, So I think that they're comparable to the Diamondbacks, and we'll just kind of need to see about the weather for which one one is the better pick. Um, And then the other offense that I think is worth paying up for is the Indians. So how do you balance those three teams? So I'm still saying that I think that there's – a really high chance of rainout in the Baltimore Phillies game, so they're lower priority for me. I like the Indians' offense tomorrow against uh, Francisco Liriano. Liriano has been probably better this year than expected, but still overall not really all that terrific. Uh, he does have a three point three five ERA, but a four three one x four three one FIP, four point nine three x FIP. Still walking a ton of guys. One thing that's pretty concerning about Liriano is he used to be a high strikeout guy, so there was always the chance that he got a really good game, but he's only striking out 6.47 guys per nine innings this year. So he's he, he doesn't really have the one skill that he used to have. So I, I think that a good spot for the Indians offense, people might be scared off them because they're not having a terrific game against Mike Fires right now. But with 14 games, I don't think we have to consider ownership too much. But my two favorite offenses target are the Indians and the Diamondbacks as of now. Yeah, so if the Orioles game gets rained out, those are definitely my two favorite also. But the Phillies would be another team in the mix if that game plays. And then the other side of the Indians game, I mean, the Tigers offense is really bad, but Josh Tomlin is also really bad. And the Tigers are just insanely cheap. So if you wanted to use two expensive pitchers, maybe something changes for someone else besides Syndergaard where it makes more sense to pay up at pitching than... Uh, I think the Tigers are a really good source of cheap bats because uh, of the guys healthy, John Hicks is their most expensive player at 3,400. Um, Victor Martinez is 3,100. He'd be a good value play. Uh, it's kind of hard to pinpoint who would actually be worth using because we don't know the lineup, and most of these guys are awful. But let's say Nick Castellanos is back tomorrow, which I think he might be actually, then the stack becomes a little more viable. Uh, but as far as plugs, I think some guys batting towards the top of the Detroit lineup could be good plays. Um, kind of to supplement the Indians, the Phillies, and the Diamondbacks. Uh, there's There are a lot of other games on this slate, but I don't really have much interest in any of the other ones. Is there anywhere else you're looking? Not really right now. Uh, it's kind of a weird slate where there's 14 games, and I, I just don't think there's – somehow there's not good pitching or offense options. I don't really know how that happens, but that's – that's kind of the situation that we're stuck in. So. I think we've kind of ruled out a couple games because of weather that maybe are premature. Like the one game we should mention, I think, before we wrap up is the Nationals-Yankees game where if it plays, it's really favorable hitting conditions. And the pricing is kind of just reasonable for everyone there. And Gio Gonzalez is a good pitcher, but I think he's a little overrated. Tanaka is certainly homer prone. So would you target that game if we knew for sure that it was playing? 
Uh, I would definitely target some of the Yankees righties against Gio Gonzalez. Like, I think that Aaron, well, I guess the other thing that matters too is how are the, like, there's a pretty good chance that Judge or Stanton end up getting the day off with no DH. But assuming they're both playing, actually, Gio Gonzalez has been really good this year. Uh, but I, I think I would consider, like, Sanchez, Judge, and Stanton in that spot. I don't know if I'd make full Yankee stacks, though. Yeah, the Nationals are actually kind of cheap, though. Like, Matt Adams was priced up to 5000 for a while, but he's down to 4400 now. Like, I think they're priced down for Tanaka. So Harper at 5300 is really the only expensive guy, and the rest of the stack is not that expensive. So I would maybe make some Nationals stacks against Tanaka. But, yeah, this game does seem like if it plays, it's just a better source for plugs uh, alongside maybe some cheaper stacks. All right. So that is going to finish today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GAaronBirdDFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at Preaching Sense. We'll be back for Wednesday slate.